Praise the Lord. I like that, you know. He changes not. The world changes every day, doesn't it? The world has got something new going on every day, and they don't know what to do, but he doesn't change. God is so good. Amen. Hey, welcome. Those of you that brave the virus and you're in here, God bless you guys. Those of you watching online, God bless you too. Open up to Matthew chapter 17. I got a word I want to share with you this morning, and it's been, it's been in my heart the last few weeks, and I, I feel like the Lord wants to get us to a place where we're, you know, we're not just, we're not just hearers, we're doers, to get us to a place of deeper faith. Deeper faith, and I think that's, and I really feel like that's what we need in this hour is, is not just to, to learn something new, although that's nice, but we need, to, we need to go back to what we know and start doing it. We need to get into a place where we're not just hearing about faith, but we're putting it into action, because we, in this hour, in this world that we live in, we need, we need our faith. We need our faith every single day, don't we? And in Matthew chapter 17, let me, I opened up with this scripture, but in case you weren't here, let me read it again. I'm going to start off in, in, in verse 20 here, the, just skip a little bit. Jesus says, I assure you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, somebody say mustard seed, if you've got faith the size of a mustard seed, you'll tell this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And then he makes this statement. He says, nothing will be impossible for you. I want to I talk about this a little bit. But this morning, I feel like we need to get to this place where we're understanding, not just, not just knowing, but where we're understanding what it is to be people of faith. The Word of God says we live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. The Word of God says we walk by faith and not by sight. That's a challenge, isn't it? It's a challenge not to live by what you see, but to live by what you know in your spirit, to live by faith, amen? So what we're gonna do today, we're gonna, we're gonna build some muscle memory, okay? A basketball player who knows how to shoot a basket will continue to shoot a basket. Even though he knows how to do it, he doesn't walk away and say, well, praise God, I know how to make a basket. I'm done. No, he's got to get, what, every day, get in the gym, shoot the same basket again, shoot it again, shoot it again, so that when the game comes, he doesn't have to stop and think, okay, now how did I hold my hands? He doesn't have to stop and think, where do I, how do I plant my feet? How do I jump when I make this shot? He doesn't have to think through all that stuff. His body just instinctively does it because he's trained his muscles to do a certain thing. That's what we're doing today. We're training ourselves in the Word of God. We're training ourselves in faith. I'm not going to tell you anything new today. Amen? You can still write it down. I'm going to tell you what you know, but I want to help you learn how to do it. Okay? That's what I, I feel like we need to get back into some things. So for the next, hopefully the next few weeks, I want to talk about faith and how to use your faith in your life. I, I um, you know, because it's, it's really, it's got to become automatic, doesn't it? It's got to become something where we don't wait until something happens and we say, oh, wow, okay, what was I supposed to do here? Let me go back and listen to those sermons again. Let me go back and read that word again. What was I supposed to do? 
It's got to just come out of you. It's got to just come. And, and see, things just come out of you. They have a way of just coming out of you, but it's not always what you want. You ever notice that? Where did that come from? I didn't mean to say that. It's just things just come out of you. It's the wrong thing coming out of you. Why is the wrong thing? Because you got the wrong thing going in. You got to get the right thing going in consistently so the right thing can come out of you. You know what I'm talking about. But you got to train yourself. I, I read a story about a guy, and um, I, I, found, I found the video, um, and we'll play it in a second, but there's a video of a, of a guy trying to ride a bike. That seems like a very easy thing. Everybody probably in here knows how to ride a bike. My kids learn how to ride a bike, and I've got one who's on training wheels now, and he wants, he wants so bad to learn. He says, Dad, take the training wheels. I took the training wheels off for a couple of minutes. He said, Dad, put the training wheels back on. And I, okay, it's a lot of work to take those little you know, things off. Okay, take. I got out, got out there the next day. Dad, take the training wheels off. I said, why don't you ride with the training wheels a little bit longer, and I'll take them off later. But you, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of practice. So there's a, there's a video of this guy trying to ride a bike, except for his friends are pulling a trick on him. And they, they, there's some welders, and they welded some gears to the handlebars of this bike so that when you turn the handlebars to the left, it goes right. And when you turn the handlebars to the right, it goes left. And so, and, and he, he realized that and he understood what it means that when he turns it, the wrong, it goes the wrong way. He understood it, but just understanding it wasn't enough to ride it. You show that video here of him. And he said he would get on this bike and he said he was so frustrated because he knew all he had to do was turn the handles the wrong way and it would but he said, no matter what I did, I could not. Isn't that something? I'd love to try it. He said, but no matter what I did, I couldn't make my body react the way it was supposed to. And he said, all I had to do was ride it across this far, 10 feet across. I couldn't do it. But he said, I'm just, my brain wasn't wired that way. You can see him. And he said, he said in fact, he feels like this bike was impossible. He would take it as he would, he would go different places and speak, and he would invite people to come up on the stage and try to ride the bike. In fact, he said, I'll pay you $200 if you can ride the bike 10 feet. He said, nobody has been able to ride that bike 10 feet. But he said, I wanted to make it a project to see if it was possible. So he said, every day he went out in his driveway for five minutes he said the neighbors would come out and they laugh at him trying to ride the bicycle for five minutes every day. He would make it his project. And for eight months, he just fell off that thing every single time until one day after eight months, he said it just, it just clicked. It just snapped into place and I could instinctively ride the backwards bicycle. But it took eight months of constant training. He said, I understood the fact that if I turned it to the left, it would go right. I understood that, but it had to get deeper than just an understanding. Had to get deeper than just knowing. See, listen, this word's got to get deeper in you than just knowing it. I heard it. I heard something about faith. No, it's got to get deeper than that. It's got to get down into a level where it just comes out of you instinctively. You don't have to think about it. You believe it to such a degree that it's just flying out of you when something comes up. You know what I'm talking about today. That's where we gotta be. 
He said, this guy, he said he, he got to where he could ride this bike and, and he would show off riding the bike. But then one day he said, I tried to get on a normal bike. He said, I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't make myself physically ride the bike. I had unlearned. He said, I had to be the first person in history. Don't they, we always say, it's like riding a bike. What do we mean? You never forget. He said, I forgot. I must be the first person in history. I, I unlearned how to ride a bike. He said he got on in a, in a place, he was in Amsterdam where there's more bikes than people. And he got on the bike and he was trying to ride it and people were gathering around laughing at him. They thought he was, they thought he was joking around. How does he not know how to ride a bike? He said it took him 20 minutes until finally his brain kind of made the shift, made the adjustment. It only took 20 minutes. It took him eight months to unlearn. It only took 20 minutes to shift back. You got to keep with this thing now. You got to keep with this thing. It's, it, it's, it's got to be something that's in you and it's got to stay in you. Because it, it will, real quick, it can come out of you. You got to keep this word in you. Are you with me so far? Let's get into this. Matthew 17, look at this again. Jesus makes this statement. I assure you, if you have faith like a mustard seed, faith, and it says here the size of a mustard seed, but really a better translation is faith like a mustard seed because he's not only talking about the size of the mustard seed, he's talking about the fact that it is a seed. He could have used, and I talked a little bit about this Wednesday for the three of you that were in here. You maybe heard me say this, um, and that's not a dig at you if you can't come, I understand, but we do have worship in here Wednesday nights. But he could have used something like a grain of sand to compare it to, but he didn't choose a grain of sand because a grain of sand always stays small. He compared your faith to a mustard seed because a mustard seed doesn't stay small when you use it. Your faith is supposed to be growing in you like a seed. You can say amen to that. Your faith is supposed to be growing. Listen, we are faith people. You, you, have, you have been saved by grace through what? Faith. You got saved by faith. You live by faith. You walk by faith. You're supposed to be people of faith. I, I did some research. I was looking up the word faith in the Bible, and I found out, somebody tell me from Wednesday night, how many times is the word faith in the Old Testament? Twice. The word faith shows up in the entire Old Testament, at least in the King James, twice. Now, you look it up. I, don't, I didn't bother to count in the New Testament. It's over and over and over. In the New Testament, is faith. In the Old Covenant, it wasn't about faith. It was about what you, what you were doing. It was about your works. It wasn't about what, what God did for you. It was about what you could do following the law. But in the New Covenant, he sent Jesus to do it all for you. Now all you have to do is believe him. So we live by faith. We have a faith covenant. And Jesus... He says, if you've got some faith, and it doesn't matter if it's small, because if you use it, it won't be small anymore. You ask a child, what child wants to be small forever? Not one of them. They, don't want, they want to tell you how big they want to get. They're, that's the nature of things. They want to grow up, right? You know, I, I won't be pleased with my children if they're 10 years old and still in diapers, I want them to grow up. I will be very displeased. Let me tell you, we had some that I wondered if they were going to be 10. 
when they were done with diapers. It just took them a long time. I was not happy. I want them to grow up. I will not be happy if my child is going, getting ready to go to college and still waking up in the middle of the night crying and his mother has to go rock him back to sleep. No, that's not going to make me happy. He needs to grow up. Faith is supposed to grow up. It's not supposed to stay small inside of you like a mustard seed. Well, praise God, I got a faith mustard seed in me. What's it still doing as a seed? You should have planted that thing. How long have you been holding on to it? It doesn't grow when you keep it in your pocket. It grows when you use it. Start using what God's giving you, and it's going to grow up inside you. Come on. I'm fired up this morning. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> maybe, you've been, maybe you've been facing something. Look, Jesus said, if you've got faith, nothing's impossible for you. Listen, nothing is impossible. He doesn't say nothing's impossible for God, although that's true. He could have said that. He said, if you've got faith the size of a mustard seed, nothing's impossible for God. He doesn't say that. What's he say? Nothing's impossible for you. Hey, he, here's what he's doing. He's putting this thing on you. He did it for you. You got to believe it. And when you can believe it and when you can receive it and when you can act on it, nothing's impossible for you. See, we put it on God. God, nothing's impossible for you. You can do something if you want to. No, you're supposed to use what he's given you and nothing will be impossible for you. But the problem is we get lazy and we keep the seeds in our pocket and we don't want to use the faith. No, faith is supposed to be used. If maybe you got something today that seems impossible. Maybe you're facing something today and it seems, it seems it's weighing on you, it's consuming your thoughts and you think, I don't know what to do with this thing. Maybe it's, it's something, you know, sometimes we get these things and they just bring anxiety and they just bring worry and they bring fear and all these things. Maybe it's the situation going on in the world or maybe it's something in your life, a family situation, whatever it is, and it, you think, what can I do? Because the problem with, with some of those worry and some of those fear and some of those things is we feel helpless. There's nothing I can do. No, there's nothing impossible for you. So no matter what you're facing, we've got the answer. We've got, we've got the cure. We've got the, the solution. There's nothing impossible, but you got to get this inside you. You know, there's, there are no limits on you. There are no limits on you. Nobody can stop you. Listen, this word in the, in the, in the Greek, nothing, he says, he says, nothing will be impossible for, the word nothing, it's a, it's a really strong word. It means not, no thing, no person, no force, nothing, nothing in heaven or on earth can stop you. There's no demon in hell that can stop you. The devil, we heard this this morning, has already been defeated. The devil can't stop you. There's nothing that can stop you except for you. Because you, this has been put on you. you got to believe the word of God. It's got to be personal. you got to get the word in you. you got to let faith rise up in you and let faith come out of you and nothing will be impossible for you. You still with me? Faith like a mustard seed. I want to tell you how to grow your faith. And it's, you know, we, we have this, we have this um, driveway in our house 
that, that I think we're one of the only houses in our neighborhood that has a, a concrete driveway. And I, somebody at some point when they own this house, the house is about 30 years old, maybe, maybe the driveway is close to 30 years old, somebody said, I want to spend the money and, and pour a nice driveway. And that driveway was nice at one time, except for one thing. They didn't bother to take down the giant oak tree next to the driveway. What do you think happened? Over the years, as those roots continue to spread out and bust up that driveway, just a little crack here, a little crack there, pushing up one side, and now you got to be careful when you walk from the car to the house because there's a nice little drop-off that, you know, I, I don't know how to fix, but there it is, a nice little drop-off, a little step that didn't used to be there, but that's what happens when things are planted and you don't take care of them, they're going to take over. Your faith was given to you so you could take over. You're not supposed to be dominated by situations. You're not supposed to be dominated by, by the enemy. You're not supposed to be dominated by anything. You're supposed to take over. Amen. But you got to use this faith. So I want to tell you how to plant your faith today. And I, you're gonna, this, is, this is why he says if you've got faith like a mustard seed, you can move a mountain because you've got to plant your faith right at the base of that mountain. And just like those tree roots, that thing's going to grow up and bust up that mountain. But you've got to keep at your seed. See, you've been given a seed, but you've got to use it. And when you use it, it's not going to stay a seed anymore. It's going to become a big plant. He didn't say he's given you faith like a tomato seed. Because those stay small. He didn't give you faith like a daisy seed. They have seeds. I don't know if they do. But some kind of little flower or something seed. He gave you faith like a mustard seed because the mustard seed would grow into a huge tree. He gave you, it's like an, an acorn. It took an acorn to bust up a driveway. It didn't stay an acorn because it got planted. Some dumb squirrel put it in the wrong spot. And it broke up a driveway, an acorn. What's, what's a mustard seed going to do in your life when you start to use it? Do you understand something today? You've been given something powerful. You've been given faith. Come on. But you got to use it right. You got to plan it. Look over at Mark chapter 11, and we're going to go here today. And I said over the next, I want to do this over the next few weeks, talk about faith, and we're going to start here. We got to start here, don't we? Mark chapter 11. And you know the story, Jesus in verse 12, he's coming uh, on his way from Bethany, he's hungry, he sees a fig tree, and this poor fig tree doesn't have any fruit. And what's Jesus say? May nobody eat fruit from you ever again. And the Bible says his disciples heard him say it. And he kept on going. And the next day, Look over at verse 22. The next day, they're passing back by. Oh, sorry, in verse 20. They saw the fig tree withered from the roots up. And Peter remembered and said, Rabbi, look, the tree you cursed is withered. Now, they were surprised. Was Jesus surprised? Whoa, it was a, are you serious, Peter? That must have, you mean what I said actually happened? I can't believe it. No, he expected, he fully expected, he was not surprised. He fully expected that what he said was going to happen. So he tells them, now he launches into this discussion on how to use their faith. He's constantly telling the disciples they got little faith, doesn't he? You have little faith. 
you have little faith. And it sounds like such a criticism, but maybe he's encouraging them. You got little faith. Why don't you use your little faith? If you just got a little, why don't you use it? Because if you use it, it won't stay little. But they wouldn't do anything with it. So he tells them how to use their faith. And he says this in verse 22, have faith in God. That's the starting place. We're going to start right there today. Have faith in God. Get your faith in the right place. You, got, you can have faith in all kinds of things. You can have faith in the government. We won't talk about that. You can have faith in the U.S. dollar, the economy. You can have faith in whatever, a person, a, a thing. You can have a lot of faith in things, but let me tell you, you need faith in God. Get your faith in the right place. And another translation, it really literally words it this way, have God faith, have the faith of God. See, the word of God says you've been given a measure, the measure of faith. God gave you faith. Where did he get it from? He got it from himself. He gave you his faith. So you've got God's faith in you. Think about that. He gave you his Holy Spirit. He gave you his faith. That's how you were saved. You were saved by grace. Through He gave you the grace and he gave you the faith. He gave you everything you need, but you just have to use what you've been given. So he says, have, have faith like God has. What's God's faith look like? Look at this just for a second. Hebrews chapter 11. You can throw it up on the screen. Verse, verses one through three. And he says, now you know this scripture. Now faith. What is faith? Faith is the reality of what we hope for. It's the proof of what we don't see. So faith is reality. Faith is, is proof of what you can't see. Okay, go to the next one. For by it our ancestors were approved. Go to verse 3. And look at what it says here. By faith, we understand the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen has been made from things that are not visible. How did God create the world? He spoke a word. In fact, it says here, oh, go put that verse back up one more second. He spoke not just a word, uh-huh, verse three, but at his uh, the, the, word of, the universe was created by the word. Another translation says by at his command. At the command of God, the universe was created. God wasn't asking. Light, hey, light, could you come here a second? I do that with my children. Would you, hey, would you mind? No, I don't want to. Now it's turning from a request into a, get over here, boy. You know, you're in trouble now. You know, there, there's a difference. God wasn't giving a request he was giving a command. Have God's kind of faith. When God spoke, he created the world with two things, with the word and faith. Because do you believe when God spoke, he knew something was gonna happen? He was not surprised, just like Jesus was not surprised when the fig tree withered up. When God said, let there be light, whoa, look at that. I've never seen that before. I had no idea what that was gonna look like. He was not surprised. But he spoke and gave a command. Listen, nothing is impossible for you. The same God who spoke and sent his word, Jesus, 
is the same God who said nothing's impossible. Jesus is the one who said it. Nothing is impossible for you. So think about this for a second. God spoke the word, let there be light. And then God sent Jesus and spoke the word and said, nothing's impossible for you. He said it. Do you believe it? He said it about you. Nothing is impossible for you. But you got to let some faith rise up in you so you believe the word. How could he say that? Nothing's impossible. Jesus went to heaven. Do you believe when Jesus was on earth, nothing was impossible for him? Because is there anything that was impossible for Jesus? No. And then he went to heaven. And he said, good luck, guys. Hope it goes well for you down there. No, no, no. He said, said, it's good that I go to the Father because I'm going to send you another comforter. I'm going to send you somebody. Do Do you know the Holy Spirit is exactly identical in power to Jesus? If there was nothing impossible for Jesus, there's also nothing impossible for the Holy Spirit because he's just as much God as Jesus and he's just as much God as the Father. There's nothing impossible and he lives inside you. Come on, we're, we're exercising our faith muscles today. I gotta get this in you. It's gotta, it's gotta get in you so it can come out of you when you need it. Come on. Nothing's impossible. So the Holy Spirit's in you. He's equal in power. And he said, nothing's impossible for you, but you got to believe it. You got to get God's kind of faith. You got to start operating on his level. That's the problem. We keep operating down here when we're meant to operate up here. Get on his level. So look at what he says in verse 23. And he says this again, and he said it in, the, in Mark chapter, or Matthew chapter 17 also, but he makes this statement, I assure you. Or in another translation, truly, why would Jesus need to assure us of anything? If he said it, isn't it good enough? But he's going a step further and saying, I'm, hey, listen, guys, I'm telling you the truth here. I'm going to give you an assurance here because there's going to come people one day who want to try to explain this thing away and say, no, 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 I didn't mean nothing's impossible. No, 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 I didn't mean you could have faith for anything. They're going to try to explain to you what I really meant, but I assure you this is the truth. He's given you an assurance. You have his, he's not messing around. See, some people, they want to redefine what it means to have faith. Well, you can have faith for heaven, but you can't have faith for healing, and you can't have faith for, you, you, you know, your, your family situation. You can't have faith for your finances. You can just have faith that one day God's going to, hopefully you'll get to heaven, yeah. What's that? Is that what Jesus said? What, what are we doing listening to that kind of garbage? We got to get in the word of God and see what the word of God says. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Come on. Faith is the assurance that what we believe is going to happen. You got to be assured. I I shared this story the other day, but I want to say it again. There was a math professor who gave a test and he, or a, 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 what do you call it? Homework. He gave a homework problem. And he sent all the students home with this one problem, but it was a really challenging, difficult problem. And he said, he said, that's your only homework, one problem. So the students, some of them went home and stayed up a little bit late. This one student went home and he stayed up half the night, almost all night working on this one problem, working in every different direction, trying to make sure he knew the answer. The next day, the students came in, the first student, the, the professor had him come to the front of the class and demonstrate his answer. He said, no, you're wrong, go sit down. The second one came up, 
He wrote out his problem. He wrote down the answer, and it was the same answer the student had that had stayed up all night. And the professor looked at it and said, no, you're wrong. Go sit down. But that's, then he called up the student who was up all night, and that student got up, and he wasn't deterred. He worked out the problem. He showed his answer. The professor said, what's wrong with you? I just said that wasn't the right answer. And the, and the student said, I don't care. It's the right answer. I've worked it every which way. And the professor said, you know what? You're right. And he said, the reason I did that is because I wanted you to understand something. One day you're going to be working on problems and people are going to depend on you for answers. You got to be assured you've got the right answer. Listen to me today, church. You got to be assured this is the right answer. You got to be assured you've got the solution. How do you get assured? You get this word in you. It's got to be more than me talking to you on Sunday. It's got to get in you. It's got to be personal. You got to be assured of this because otherwise when something comes up, you're going to say, I don't know. Let me call the pastor, ask him to pray. Maybe something will happen. No, no, no. It's got to be real to you. You've got to be assured this is right. You got to be assured it's truth. Are you with me today? I don't mean to be hollering at you. So Jesus said, I assure you, if anybody says to this mountain, if anybody says, if, see, listen, if anybody says to this mountain, see what he's saying, if you start talking to your problems, if anybody talks to your, you ever talk to yourself, that's good. You'd be like Jesus. He walked around, he was talking to trees. Nobody's gonna eat fruit from you again. And that thing listened to him. It didn't have any ears, but it listened to him. You can talk to things, you can talk to problems, you can talk to yourself. Hey, self, you better get in line now. You're not working, you're not doing what you're, you better listen to the word of God because you're gonna start working the way you're, you're gonna start doing what you're supposed to do. You with me? You gotta start talking to some things because faith speaks. Faith speaks speaks. You got to give a voice to your faith because that's what Jesus did. See, listen, I, I love this. I, I, I learned this when we were going through our, the, the last class on Wednesday nights. We didn't get to finish this class, but I got through the book and, uh, on my own. And uh, I, I learned some things, and I, I love this. When God created Adam, he created Adam to do, to do what? To dominate the earth, right? He gave him the blessing. He said, he said, look, you're going you're gonna to rule over the earth. You're going to rule over everything in the earth, and you're going to subdue the earth. And so what the mission of Adam was, was to create, not create, but make the whole world look like the Garden of Eden. So if he was going someplace and, and part of the world didn't look like it was like the Garden of Eden, because it must not have been, he was supposed to fix it. If he saw something out of line, he was supposed to take care of it. How was he supposed to do it? It wasn't going to be with the sweat of his brow because that came with the curse. How was he supposed to operate? The only thing he knew was the way God operated. When God created the world, he created it with the word and with faith. So when Adam sees something out of order, he said, he's supposed to call it out. No, 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 this is out of order. I command you to come into line with the, with the word of God and the authority he's given me. He was supposed to speak authority. Listen, I can prove it to you because that's exactly what Jesus came the second Adam when he came and he saw something out of line. He'd speak to a fig tree. Fig tree, you're not producing the way you were designed to produce. You are not in line with the kingdom of God. And I, I command you to not eat, not even, nobody's gonna ever eat fruit from you again. 
That's how Adam was supposed to dominate the world. How are you supposed to dominate? With your faith. That's why God gave it to you. So you could use your faith. So when something in your life isn't lining up with the word of God, you right away, faith takes over. Because that's what faith does. If it's in you and it's planted and it's rooted and it's growing, it's going to take over. Amen. Amen. I need to take a break. We should start planning little breaks here for me. Okay. Uh, now, so anyway, yeah. So you got to talk to your talk to your problems, talk to your your life, talk to things, make things line up, make them come and in, come into line with what God said. You have you have things today in your life that aren't the way they're supposed to be, don't you? I bet some of you do. You got things in your. I, you know why they're like that? Because you haven't been using your faith. I'm talking to myself here too. You haven't been using your faith. Instead of something happening, oh man, I'm worried. Oh, what am I gonna do about this one? No, 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 no. Hey, hey, get in line, get in line. I'll, I'll talk to my dog like that. Stop it, you know? You stop it right now. You get, get out of here now, dog, get. You know, you talk to that thing. You get that thing in line. You talk to things in your life and you tell them what to do. Now, I'm not telling you to talk to people like that. I'm telling you to talk to problems, talk to, to, to situations and things that aren't right, things in your body. Hey, you start, you start functioning the way God designed you right now. Talk to it. Don't buy the lie that says God, God put it there. We talk about this stuff. This is training you. God didn't send you, God didn't send you any obstacles. Let me say this again. God's not sending you obstacles to teach you a lesson. He doesn't send obstacles. He sends deliverance. He he makes a way where there's no way. He didn't send the Red Sea. He made a way through the Red Sea. He didn't send the walls of Jericho. He made a way through the walls of Jericho. He didn't send whatever problem has come up in your life. He's making a way through the problem. He didn't send the fire for the, the, the three Hebrew boys. He made a way through the fire. He doesn't send obstacles. He sends deliverance. He's the way maker, not the obstacle maker. So you start letting faith rise up on you and you say, no, I believe this is not from God and I'm going through, amen. So he says this, say to this mountain, be thou lifted up, and thrown into the sea, and do not doubt, but believe what you say will happen. It will be done for him. Listen, you got to speak, and you got to do what? Believe it. It's not enough to speak something you don't believe. You can't say, hey, you get right, and I I don't know if that'll happen. I don't know if that'll work. I bet that's not really... Uh, that's not really going to happen because God can't really do that. And no, no, no. You got you to believe what you're speaking. When, when God spoke, let there be light, there was no doubt in his spirit. He is a spirit. But I don't know how to word it. There was no doubt in him that what he said was going to happen, would happen. There was no doubt in Jesus what he said would happen, would happen. Do you know Why? Because he didn't speak things unless he believed them. He didn't speak anything that wasn't faith. If he said something, he believed it. Here's the problem with a lot of us. We say things we don't mean. Oh, my feet are killing me. Are they? You should take care of that. 
you know? Uh, killing me, too. Um, oh, this is making me sick. Really? You see what I mean? Now you, you say, that doesn't matter. It's just, it's just, a, it's just an expression. It's just, no, it, it, what comes out of your mouth has to be what you believe in your heart because you're training, you're training yourself to believe your words. So if I say stupid things all day that I don't mean and, I, I, and I'm just shooting the breeze with somebody just not even thinking about what I'm saying, well, I got a problem. I got to get my mouth believing what my, I got to get my heart believing what my mouth says. Get it right? I'm dying to go there. Okay. Yeah. Um, you got to start believing what you say. Can you imagine Jesus saying, man, my feet are killing me? I mean, right? We'd have to stop and do something now. I'm very concerned. Jesus, his feet are killing him. You would never hear that expression out of his mouth because he didn't believe that. You got to be like Jesus. Stop, tell, stop making excuses for yourself and say, no, that doesn't matter. It's just that. That's just. No, it matters. You start talking like he talked. If you're going to ride a backwards bike, you got to think different. If you're going to get, listen, if you're going to get a different uh, outcome than the world gets, you got to start acting different than the world. Otherwise, you're going to get exactly what they get. Is that what you want? I sure don't want that. If you're going to live by faith, you got to think different. It's got to go from it's got to go from here to here. Okay? If you do what the world does, you'll get the world's results. If you do what God does, you'll get God's results. The end. Go home. See, listen, you got to believe it in your He doesn't say believe it in your mind. If you, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed, and you believe it in your mind, it shall be done for you. Is that what he says? You don't believe that. You don't have any faith in your mind. There is no faith in your mind. You got to get faith in your spirit. See, look, when Adam was created, he was a spiritual being. He, he was designed to communicate with God directly and do what God told him to do. When he sinned, that was cut off. Now his spirit man was dead. He had no connection to the Father. He didn't know what God was saying. He was left with only his mind. He was left to operate by his intellect. Now your, your intellect, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but that's all he had. You're not meant to operate solely by your intellect. You're meant to operate by your spirits. That's how you gotta operate. Your spirits gotta believe things. Look at this, this scripture, Romans chapter eight, verse six. I had never seen this scripture in this light before, but I was thinking about this because we've had this question come up a few times over the years. Where does my intellect come in with faith? How does faith and my intellect connect? Do they connect? And here's what Romans 8, 6 has to say about it. The mindset of the flesh is death. But the, the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. Let me read this in the Amplified Bible. Listen to this. Now, the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace, both now and forever. Listen, yes, your intellect is good because God gave you a mind. 
But the problem is when you try to grasp faith issues and live your life in faith and your mind is at war with it, that's why your mind has to be renewed to think like God thinks. You can't live the Christian life out of here. It's got to come out of here. I don't know about this. I can't get this around. No, no, no. It's, that's not anything to do with That's at war. My, my natural carnal mind is at war with my spirit because what my spirit wants to do doesn't make any sense up here. It only makes sense in here. That's faith. That's faith. Living not by what the world says, not by what my natural mind says, but what, by what the word of God says. Come on. We don't live by what we see. We live by faith. You still with me? Okay, let me wrap this up here. Verse 25. Whenever you stand, he, so he says this. He says, he says, say to the mountain, be thou removed. Believe in your heart. Don't doubt it. And, and he says, then he says in verse 24, therefore I tell you the things you pray and ask for, believe you've received them and you'll have them. And then he says in verse 25, and it almost seems like he's changing gears and going a different direction. And he starts, he says, oh, okay, that was good about faith. Now let me tell you about forgiveness. But I don't believe he's talking about two different things here. Listen to what he says. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him so your Father in heaven will also forgive you your wrongdoing. What's all this about? See, here's what I believe. Faith, it's not just enough to speak it, although speaking it's important. It's not just enough to speak it, you gotta believe it. But speaking and believing are just part of it. The other thing is you gotta sow something. And see, what happens is if I have my faith, faith, what does James teach us? Faith without works is what? When you have faith and you believe something, that means now I'm not just speaking it, I'm not just believing it, but now I'm doing something about it because I'm acting in faith. And so he says, when you stand praying, what was he just talking about? When you, when you pray, whatever you pray for, believe you've received it. So now you're standing there praying, Lord, I thank you that I received it. Whoa. Something just came, Lord, where did that come from? Something just came in my spirit. I got something against this guy over here and I, I should go to, to him and, and, and apologize and, and, and forgive him. What's all that about? He's getting you, the Holy Spirit has a way of getting you to the root cause of whatever the problem is. And sometimes in your life, there's things that are caused because of bitterness. There's a root called bitterness that unforgiveness can bring. And when you, if you, you can confess and you can believe and you can speak all you want, but if you don't address the root, your faith isn't going to do anything because you got to plant your seed where the root cause is. You plant your, that's why when you, if you want to destroy a driveway, you plant the acorn right next to the driveway. If you want to destroy a mountain, you plant your seed right next to that mountain. You got to get your seed in the right place. And so if I say I believe the Word of God and the Word of God is the Holy Spirit's revealing to me where my issue is, I got to go take my seed and plant it. If I say I believe the Word, Lord, I believe you've, you've healed my diseases. I believe you've, you've done this for me. And the, the Holy Spirit says, good, now go pray for this guy. Okay, I got to go pray for, maybe it's not, maybe your issue isn't forgiveness. Maybe it's just that you got to sow healing to somebody else and pray for their healing. Maybe you got to sow finances to somebody else. Maybe you got to do, the Holy Spirit's going to show you what you need to do. So if you want to, if you want faith activated in your life, you have to act on the faith that you've been given. Have God's faith. You have to speak 
with your mouth. You have to believe you've received it. And now you gotta sow something. You gotta sow your faith. Faith always has to have corresponding action. That's where your seed comes into play. The faith has to be there with it and faith always has to have action. You remember the story talking about forgiveness, the story of the the lame man, they had to let him down through the roof of the house. And Jesus looked at him and he saw his sins were the cause of his problem. Now, not every problem is caused by sin, but his were. And Jesus looked at him and he said these words. He said, he says, son, your sins are forgiven. He didn't wait for that man to repent. He said, you're forgiven. I mean, he came to Jesus He hadn't spoken a word as far as, hey, your your sins are forgiven. Sometimes some of us are harboring things in our heart because we're waiting for somebody else to come to us and apologize. I'm not gonna forgive them unless they come and say they're sorry. You need to be like God. God didn't wait for you to come and repent before he sent Jesus. Be like him. That's why it's called sowing. I sow first. That's why you tithe. You tithe first off the top you don't take it off the bottom you always give first God's called you to be like him you give first hey they don't deserve it no it doesn't matter I'm going to give you give it to you first but you don't know what they did and I'm going to give it first I'm not giving it for them I'm giving it I'm giving it for him and I'm giving it as as an act of faith that as I sow I'm going to reap because whatever I sow I've been trying to teach my kids this look whatever you sow you're going to reap. That's why the word of God says, do unto others as you would have them do to you. It doesn't say do unto others the way they do it unto you. First, you got to do it. First, you sow it. First, you say you believe it. You say you believe the word of God. You, you say it's in your heart. It's in your mouth. But now you got to act on it because faith without works is dead. Come on, stand up with me. Just bow your heads for a moment say this with me. Nothing's impossible for me. Listen, it doesn't matter what the obstacle might be in your life. Nothing's impossible for you. But you have to use the faith that God's given you. Whether it's a a miracle that you need in your own body or in your family or whatever the situation might be, nothing's impossible for you. Thank you, Lord. Maybe you're here today. Or maybe you're watching online today and Jesus Christ is not the Lord of your life. Listen, I'm talking about faith today. He's given every person the measure of faith. And you say, I I just don't know if I can believe. No, he's given you the measure of faith. You just got to use it and say, Lord, I believe you. I believe your word. I believe your word is truth. I believe you came and you rose from the dead. If that's you today and you say, I need to make my life right with Jesus. I need to give Jesus control of my life and make him the Lord of my life. I want you right where you are. Raise your hand or if you're watching on video, just raise your hand there too that Jesus can see you no matter where you are. And just repeat these words with me. Say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Come into my heart. Make me a new person. I give you my life today, Jesus. Thank you for the faith that you've given me. And for the rest of you today, Listen, maybe you've got something, some obstacle in your life and you say, I want to attack it with my faith. I want to attack it with my seed of faith. 
and plant my seed right at the point of my need. Whatever the thing is, I want you today, I want you, if, that, if you've got something in your life, just lift your hand right now as an act of faith and say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that this thing has to go. It has to be corrected. You've got to talk to it now. You don't have to do it right now, but when you go home, you start talking to that thing. If you've got to get in the mirror and talk to that guy, you talk to whatever you've got to talk to, and you say, in the name of Jesus, you be, you be right. You do what you're supposed to do. You function the way you're supposed to function. You come in line with the Word of God. Lord, I thank you today for faith to rise up in each person. Lord, I thank you today that we're not just hearers, we're doers. We're people who not just say we believe the word, but Lord, we believe your word and we want to put it into action in our lives. Lord, I thank you that you'll help us to learn how to walk by faith and not by sight every day. Every single day that we'll be growing in faith, that we'll continually plant our faith in every area where we need it. Lord, I thank you today for blessing your people. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you that your hand is on them. We thank you right now. We just release healings to flow. If you need a miracle today and you're watching online or you're in this room, just receive it right now. Lord, I thank you right now. Miracles are flowing. I thank you that you're bringing wholeness to bodies, wholeness to families and finances. Lord, we thank you for every part of our lives lining up with the word of God because we are living the abundant life today. Lord, I thank you. Bless each person in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. Amen. God bless you this morning.